0: Jeez.
1: Recorded live.
2: Hello, this is William Fink, and it is Saturday, April 10th, and this is Yahweh's Covenant People. Eli James will not be here tonight, and he won't be here next Saturday, and I'll be filling in then also. Tonight I have Clifton Emmeheiser here, and we're here to talk about the British Israel World Federation and the Israel Identity Haplogroup Issue. A, um, a short time ago, Wikipedia published an article critical of British Israel's position, claiming that they are related to the Jews because the DNA evidence refutes that. And now British Israel World Federation has their, um, their intestines in a, in a tizzy trying to defend their position. And, and they've basically accepted evolution and, and many other mainstream fallacies in order to support that their um, position that the English and the Jews are brethren, which we know to be absolutely ridiculous, and, and we'll elucidate that further tonight. Hello, Clifton.
1: Yeah, I got a paragraph here uh, on one place off the a website that uh, is from the um, – British-Israel uh, British, uh, British Israel World Federation, and uh, that website uh, made the statement, uh, preliminary discussion has already taken place with other identity organizations, and we are grateful to have Yard Davidy for his input, unquote.
2: Well, well, yes, they embrace a Jew who embraces identity, squeezing the Jews into the picture which is Yer um, his entire angle, it is to embrace identity and convince identity people that the Jews are Judah. And, and the British Israel World Federation has embraced Yer In fact, he's awfully popular among them, which is absolutely ridiculous. From, from the British Israel World Federation website, the Israel Identity Haplogroup issue, Martin Lightfoot is a chair, to a working party, to address the claim that there is an inconsistency of modern genetic findings with British Israel teaching. The bottom line is that DNA basically proves that the Jews are a peculiar people, just not for the reasons that the Bible says (laughs) that actually the Israelites are a peculiar people and the Jews and Arabs are brethren is, is what the DNA reveals. And, and we know that in two seed line identity, because we know that the Jews and Arabs are all derived from the Canaanites and the Kenites and the Edomites of the Bible. It is what it, is that your feeling, Clifton?
1: Well, you know, I wrote a paper on that has uh, been a couple years ago that that both the Jews and the Arabs are serpent seed. Right, and and that's
2: the when when the proper two seed line view. Of Israel identity and and biblical history are, are understood. There's no disparity disparity whatsoever between um, the DNA evidence and 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 biblical teaching. It, it's British Israel that insists on embracing the Jews as Judah, which is absolutely contrary to scripture. That 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 Israel identity falls apart because the DNA evidence refutes that totally. I'd, I'd like to to read this um, Lightfoot article further, and, and you'll be welcome to offer your comments on it. And, and that's where we could start this. The large, and I'm quoting Lightfoot in the British Israel World Federation, right from their website, the large variety of haplogroup mockers in the Middle East as illustrated in J.D. McDonald's 2005 research map, and they give a URL, corroborates the biblical account of Assyrian invasions that removed almost the entire population of the northern kingdom of Israel and a very large proportion of the kingdom of Judah, replacing them with various peoples from a whole range of conquered provinces. And, and let me say that there is a, a lot of genetic evidence that that... Haplogroups, genetic haplogroups, which are groups of um, Y-chromosome DNA passed from father to son, that these haplogroups are, the the, the haplogroups of Europe are apparent throughout the Middle East and throughout Asia and the parts of the world that were once inhabited by the Scythian and and Chimerian and, and Celtic tribes on their route, on their trek to Europe. There's no doubt. Like northern India, places that our ancestors um, inhabited, in between the the Assyrian deportations, and and their final trek of the of the Saxons and, and the Goths into Europe, I'm convinced of that, and and it's very evident on the map that our DNA is all over Asia, and and Mesopotamia, and the Arab lands, and the Arabs carry our DNA, but they have. Um, haplogroups groups that we do not have, which shows that they are derived from other people. Comment whenever you want. Well,
1: uh, yeah. And um, I think the position, you know, there's a lot in British Israel, there's a lot of their teachings that are real good. But on this issue, they are definitely, whether they know it or not. Uh, uh, whether they know it or not, they are following Satan's agenda by uh, uh, taking uh, si- sides with uh, Yar Davidi.
2: Well, absolutely, and they're running cover for the Rothschilds and all of their Jewish bankers and, and their Jewish supporters and, and their Jewish golfing buddies
1: and, 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 we're not, uh, and their
2: Jewish son-in-laws. You no, know, and, and
1: Israel identity is not going to go any place. As long as they continue to do that, no, they're not. They're going to marginalize them themselves and and
2: and in the in the perception of the unknowing, they're going to make the rest of identity look bad because people will asso- make that association when when they think of Israel identity or Christian identity in particular or in general.
1: Well, everybody over there uh, uh, doesn't follow uh, their teachings, though.
2: Oh, no, absolutely not. There's a lot of great people in um, in the U.K. and and in Europe that that are familiar with British Israel identity, but but rather follow um, the the American flavor of, I I have to call it that, of two-seed-line Christian identity, which is much more biblically accurate and, and much sounder in doctrine. Because we understand from history and from the Bible, that the people known as Jews today are are descended for the most part from the Edomites and Canaanites of the Old Testament with mixtures of Moors amongst the Sephardic Jews and a large admixture of Khazar blood amongst the Ashkenazi Jews. And and a few other races thrown in in between wherever they traveled.
1: Yeah, they speak about... um... A, a gradual a, a gradual change through mutations and and all that. Well, that can't be.
2: Well, well, no. And and we'll get to that. I, I'd like to continue reading this this article to yeah, so get ahead. their position out of the way. The shape of and I'm quoting from Martin Lightfoot again or Martin Lighthead. The shape of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's Y chromosome is not known. Was it in our group, i.e., that of Western Europeans? Many of whom, according to Milton, History of Britain, and Turner, history of Anglo Saxons, are known to have migrated particularly from the Black Sea region of the Middle East. And that's a question. And then they quote from from this genetic scientists from this genetic scientist page, they quote Y DNA haplogroup R is perhaps the most prominent Y DNA lineage on the earth today. It is the preeminent Y haplogroup in Europe, the US, and India, and, and I will get to that later. To quote Lightfoot again. The promise to Ephraim and Manasseh, the birthright tribes of Israel is he Manasseh also shall be great, but truly his younger brother, Ephraim, shall become a multitude of nations, Genesis forty eight nineteen. The haplogroups J one and J two Largely associated with Jews, and this is Lightfoot's conjecture, could have developed from R1B simply by the loss of extra DNA information that distinguishes J from R. Furthermore, the Jews who are largely from the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, which is Lightfoot's conjecture, have been separated for some 3,000 years from the ten tribes, which is not really true and which is also Lightfoot's imagining. The length of separation together with inevitable foreign infusion on both sides, environmental influences, genetic drift, etc., is more than enough to explain any differences that may exist between the two bodies. And here it's apparent that British Israel has adopted evolution as a, as, as a fact, because they are using the language of the evolutionists. What do you think about that, Kristen?
1: Well, I, I, I think you're right on, and, and that was my my own evaluation. Just as soon as I got that paper that you sent me, the um, uh, the Israel identity haplogroup issue by um, Martin mm-hmm. Uh and, and I didn't have to read very far until I could see that they were adopting evolution.
2: That's exactly what They've accepted it.
1: And that's what I say they're following Satan's agenda, because that's the same thing they had the monkey trials here in the United States, was to get evolution in the schools.
2: And, and they're, they're attempting to, to account here for the relationship, for, for the Jews possibly having had the same DNA as the Saxons, or as Northern Europeans in general. But losing a portion of it to create the the haplotype that the Jews carry now, and and that's um. Well, what do you think about just losing a portion of your DNA? What would happen?
1: Well, that's going could... right 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 against the Bible because uh, uh, the, the Bible teaches kind after kind and and. And if if there's mutations along the way, that's not kind after kind.
2: And, and your it, Bible the Bible also teaches that your seed is within yourself and it would be maintained right Yes,
1: right. And, as, and, and as that, long as you that's that, that to the DNA law. that controls uh, uh, every generation. and and that kind after kind is taught at Genesis: 1-21, 24, 25, Genesis 6:20, 20, Genesis 7:14, Leviticus 11. 14 through 16 and verse 20 and Deuteronomy 14 13 and 14.
2: Right, it has all the force of a law. It's repeated so much, it must be a law. Kind after kind, everything after its kind, continually, dozens of times in in scripture.
1: Yeah, I've right. I've written on the on the chromosomes from time to time and and uh I I always seem to get some back talk from different people uh even in the identity movement on it,
2: yes, it's incredible. Uh, let me—they just refuse to believe the Bible, whether they know it or not. Let me continue with Lightfoot's article because I want to get this whole piece in, and it's almost finished. And and present their views, and and then um, I'll present my own. The length of separation, together with inevitable foreign infusion on both sides, environmental influences, genetic drift, etc., is more than enough to explain any differences that may exist between the two bodies. So we see that Lightfoot uses, he embraces evolution, and he uses conjecture and inference and possibilities to defend the British Israel position. But there's no science, history or scripture behind it, behind his defense of the British Israel position. To continue quoting Lightfoot, moreover, some combination can occur between the Y and X chromosomes. Well, well that's right, but it couldn't continually happen to to um, produce the same exact distinct haplotype. It just doesn't work that way. The Stanford School of Medicine suggests that the Y chromosome not only recombines with up to 5% of the X, it also recombines with its own Y duplicate DNA. They don't know enough about that yet. And, and I, I would I would um, question that also. However, even if the Y chromosome DNA reduplicates, it still consists in, in individuals. It's still consistent from generation to generation. The male DNA Y chromosome of Jews is close to that of groups who have dwelt in the Middle East for an extended period, such as the Kurds, Turks, Armenians, and to a lesser degree, Arabs. And and this, how, to continue quoting, this, however, should be explained by geographical provenance like geography makes who we are. The Jews were in the Middle East for much longer than the tribes deported into Assyria, who then embarked on migration routes away from the Middle East. Well, well there's Jews that have been in, in Europe for, um, for, for 1,500 years now, and, and that's establishable in history, and these British Israel people aren't accounting for that. The Jews didn't stay in Palestine for 3,000 years, and in fact, history proved exactly the opposite. Now, geography does not create DNA, and Lightfoot's appealing to geography as the reason for the Jewish DNA being close to Kurds, Turks, and Armenians, when the absolute truth is that all those groups have Canaanite blood in them through the Islamic conquest. All of those groups have been subjected by Islam and mixed in with the Arab, Canaanite, Edomite stock of both Arabs, the Islamic Arabs and Jews. To quote from Lightfoot, there's two paragraphs left. There is a need to evidence that the progression from one haplogroup to another is most likely to have gone from a developed haplogroup, such as R or N, by losing DNA information. This does accord with decades of scientific research into both observed and artificially induced mutations, which demonstrates that mutations involve a loss of DNA information. Finally, Israel identity researchers have continually contended that the Anglo-Saxon Simri Celtic, Norman peoples are largely of common stock. This is now demonstrated by a current haplogroup data seen on J.D. McDonald's 2005 research map. Let, let me tell you first, the first thing I'm going to say is what's really evident on the map is that Jews are different genetically from Englishmen, and Germans are the same. Yet, British Israel rejects Germans as being Assyrians and Huns and embraces the Jews. Figure that one out. I didn't, think,
1: I didn't think about that one.
2: That's their biggest hypocrisy. They're a bunch of circus clowns. That's exactly what they are. They can't interpret the Bible, history, or genetics. It, it's a British Israel is nothing but politics, Jewish politics, London money politics, period. They're clowns and they're on a the website advertising themselves to be Israel identity and, and they're, they're whores for the Jews and the bankers. End of story. That that's all I feel about them. All right, there is a need to evidence that the progression. I'm going to repeat this paragraph. I the next to last paragraph I read. There is a need to evidence that the progression from one haplogroup to another is most likely to have gone from a developed haplogroup such as R-N by losing DNA information. Do we have evidence of that? We don't have any evidence of that. When we lose DNA information and there's a mutation. What what do we end up with? We end up with cancer, don't we? Don't we end up with cancer?
1: Or, well, we we do have um, a type of mutation among us today, and it's called Down syndrome. Right. And it's caused it's caused by an extra uh, chromosome. And and you go messing around with the chromosomes, you end up with a uh, uh, one of these mongol uh, these these kids with mongolism. They call it mongolism because they look like Asiatics. Exactly. Oh, that's that's what that's what just a little change in in the chromosomes can do, and and, it, and what it is, there's an extra chromosome in there, and it isn't connected to anything, and that's what causes. I mean, look at what look at one of these kids and and, and how deformed and 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 uh, they're not right mentally. I mean, I feel sorry for them.
2: Well, well, right. It's it's a horrible circumstance when somebody has a child that that with that extra chromosome and and there's a problem like
1: that. But, and I but, feel sorry for the family that 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 had, has has uh, a child uh, to grow up in that family. I, I got a I got a brother-in-law that had a Down syndrome child, so I know uh, I know what I'm talking about.
2: Basically, when there's um, we have to have empathy for those people, but. Well, when there's extra or missing DNA information, we have serious problems. We do not have healthy human beings. We do not have healthy human beings who can maintain ma- maintain a population and, and reproduce in, in a healthy manner. Well, what we have is birth defects, cancers, Down syndrome, and and other such problems. So, so these that these laboratory-induced DNA mutations that British Israel World Federation, the, I mean, the Jews might be a laboratory-induced DNA mutation, but it happened 5,000 years ago, and Satan did it in the Garden of Eden. Or, or I'm sorry, 7,000 years ago. It didn't happen since the, since the Scythians departed from Mesopotamia, that's for sure. It, it's, um, their entire position is ridiculous. I would like to give um, a, a background on haplogroups from, from my own viewpoint.
1: Yeah, and go ahead. Go
2: ahead. First, yeah, you know, the language of DNA researchers has been built from the ground up by evolutionists who have many preconceived notions, and those notions lead to false assumptions. They define certain features of DNA as mutations, although they have never really witnessed the natural mutation of DNA. And they define a series of differences in DNA as genetic drift, although they have never actually seen genes drift, unless it's somebody's blue genes drifting on top of a pool. Scientists guess that these mutations that are found amongst the, the um, general Population of, of human beings, I'll call them, on this planet. They guess that these mutations occurred 15, 25, 30, or as long as 60,000 years ago. Meaning that they've never seen one occur in historic times. So when reading any articles which discuss DNA, one must be very careful not to fall into the language trap that has been devised into making the false theory of evolution sound as if it were inevitable. Also, genetic research assumes that the people in areas today, excluding Europeans, have always inhabited those areas. So therefore, the Arabs and the Jews are wrongly labeled Semites. And the mixed race peoples found today in the Caucasus mountain regions are considered Caucasians, which is a term that was formerly used of white people exclusively. The bottom line to me is that there are indeed certain genetic groups among humans whose DNA reveals them to be closely related or not closely related. The best interpretation of the origins of these groups is not the emotional inference or the guesswork of the evolutionists, or the guesswork and emotional appeals of the British Israel World Federation. Rather, the best interpretation comes through history, archaeology, and the Bible, which is an important part of that. There are different genetic haplogroups for Y chromosome, which is male, DNA, And for mitochondrial DNA, which is only passed through females, through the mother. Here, I will be concerned only with Y-DNA. And and I could talk about mitochondrial DNA, but I don't think I'll have time to tonight. There are many different groups of Y-DNA found spread all over the globe. But here, I will only be concerned with those types found in Europe it known that there are many other haplogroups found in all of the areas mentioned, which I'm going to mention in a minute, which are found outside of Europe, and that those types, those different haplogroups found outside of Europe are not found in Europe at all or are very rare in Europe. So the haplogroups which belong exclusively to non-whites, I will not mention here. Haplogroup I is widespread in Europe. It's found infrequently in parts of the Middle East, and it's virtually absent everywhere else. Haplogroup I-1 is found in Northern Europe. Haplogroup I-2 is found in Central and Southeast Europe and in Sardinia. Haplogroup J is found in the Middle East, Turkey, Caucasus, Italy, Greece, the Balkans, and North and Northeast Africa, haplogroup J is dominant in Arabs and Jews, as, in, as is haplogroup J asterisk. Don't ask me about the asterisk. Mainly found in Sicatra, which is an island off the Indian Ocean of the southern coast of Yemen, an Arab island. And with a few observations, it's found in Pakistan, Oman, Greece, Czechia, and among the Turks. Tableau Group J1, mostly associated with Semitic peoples, which are the Arabs and not the true Semites, in the Middle East, Ethiopia, North Africa, and Northeast Caucasian peoples, peoples in the Caucasus mountain regions, specifically in Dagestan. It's also one variation of haplogroup J1 is associated with eastern Anatolia, which is the ancient Hittite lands of eastern Turkey. Haplogroup J2, and and what's known today as Kurdistan and and northwestern Iraq. Haplogroup J2 is found mainly in West Asia, Central Asia, South Asia, Southern Europe, and North Africa. Haplogroup L, South Asia, Central Asia, Southwestern Asia and the Mediterranean. Haplogroup N, mostly in Eurasia, especially among the Uralic peoples that border um, China and, and, and East Far Eastern Europe. Haplogroup R is broken into two parts. No, I'm sorry, three parts: R1a, R1b, and R2. R1a, Central Asia, South Asia, Central Europe, Northern and Eastern Europe. Haplogroup R1B, Western, Southern, and Northern Europe, the Caucasus mountain regions, Central Asia, and South Asia. Haplogroup R2, South Asia, the Caucasus mountain regions, and Central Asia. Haplogroup T, North Africa, the Horn of Africa, Southwest Asia, the Mediterranean, and South Asia. And, and when you look at these haplogroups, it's revealed that whites have basically two main haplogroup types found in their populations, the I-type and the R-type. The R-type is found not only in Europe, but it's also found in areas that are known historically to have once been inhabited in large numbers by whites, such as the Caucasus Mountains, Southwest Asia, or, or areas that Whites have made incursions into, which we know from history, such as South and Central Asia. It is also revealed that the Jews have basically the J haplogroup type, which they share with the Arabs and which is found in many places, that the Arabs are known to have invaded in significant numbers during the Islamic conquests, Anatolia the Caucasus, southern Europe, and northern Africa. The L-haplogroup type is easily accounted for in the Turks, who, having migrated from Asia, invaded the Mediterranean Sea, the Mediterranean regions. So when you understand history and look at these haplogroups, to me, it's fully evident where they come from. And the Jews are related to the Arabs, who were all Canaanites and Edomites and Kenites and, and other races mixed in, and, and the other haplogroups found in Jews and Arabs also demonstrates that. While the Northern Europeans are primarily R type and I type haplogroups, and, and Eli breaks it, Eli has a nice uh, little way of associating the I type with Israel and the J type with Jews. But either way, British Israel's counted out.
1: Yeah. You know, um, now, people aren't going to remember all this, uh, you know, just just from this program.
2: Well, well no. And what I'm I, going to do is when I post the program, that's what I was going many to many say. Things. You're
1: going to post this up on on probably both uh, your and my website, so that the people can go to these links. And and uh, although it's uh, enemy information, you know, it, it's it's biased towards the enemy, at least they can study it and see where the land lays so, they, they'll, uh, so that they can research this for themselves.
2: Well, well, right. And I would say that most of the DNA findings, the actual findings, are certainly valid. But it's the story that they make up
1: about the DNA. It's yeah. absolutely
2: not valid. Yeah, if, Th- they're go- it- if
1: they're going to research this, they're going to have to realize that the enemy has biased the information.
2: Right, and and that's what I just tried to explain that that they they make assumptions in the language that they use that the, there was one DNA at, for all races, and the, and they call that Adam. They have the nerve to call that Adam, and and that mutations in that DNA from as far back as 60,000 years ago, created the different races. But they've never seen any of these mutations take place. They've never seen one of them. They just say, oh, this, this group mutated off of that group 15,000 years ago. And, and that group mis- mis- mutated from this other group 25,000 years ago. And this other gr- group, they came out of the middle of Africa and, and mutated after they mutated 35,000 years ago.
1: And that was supposed to have been in Cameroon, uh, Africa?
2: Right. And they have absolutely no proof of any of that. It, it's just made
1: up. So British Israel is supporting the idea that Adam came out of Cameroon, Africa, 60,000 years ago. Well, yes, they are, and and had the DNA
2: of every race, and, and they've embraced that idea.
1: Well, they've become our enemy. Uh, they've made themselves our enemy, you know. We want to be friends with them, but they've made themselves our enemy. Well, absolutely.
2: I, I mean I would like to sit down at the table with them and, and explain to them the, the history of the Edomite sin and, and they probably know a lot of it. But they would reject it because they can't alienate the Jew. That they're afraid of that that there were men in, in Christ in, in, in Christ's time that John explained that they were men that wanted to believe Christ, but they preferred the honors of the world more than the honors of God.
1: Well, that's just it. And and probably the, a lot of them has made statements uh, uh, positive toward the Canaanite Jews that's in their own country in times past and they aren't humble enough to um, say that they were wrong.
2: Right. Well, they love Yer Davidi and, and he's just a Jew interloper who exists for one reason, to take suckers from Christian identity and convince them that the Jews are Judah and and, and leave the door open to suck our lifeblood right out of us.
1: And there's people uh, in Israel identity here in this country that quote Yardavidee. So we got our own interlopers here.
2: Well, absolutely. There are many people um Jory Brooks, Stephen Collins, Ted Wieland and all the rest of those clowns.
1: That guy then, that wrote that two creations book, he he uh uh pointed out Yardavity David e in a positive way.
2: Yes, they always do
1: it. The guy that wouldn't give his name, you know, he, he, his whole book was uh uh I forget what the, the that uh pseudonym he he used for himself, but well, well, they
2: feel more secure for some reason when they get a devil to agree with them about some things. I, I don't need to feel secure in my beliefs by getting a devil to degree, agree with me. Well, we're told to reject the devil and, and resist the devil, and he will flee from us. Jared David is not a Christian. He can't be. There's no such thing as Jews for Jesus. <laughs> there can't be.
1: you got to be an Israelite to be a Christian in the first place. Uh, these other races can't possibly. I don't cr- care if they say they accepted Christ and all that stuff. They're not under the covenant. There's no way that they can be the anointed as a people.
2: Well, absolutely not. They're not under the covenant. And and Paul tells us um, specifically in Galatians chapter 3 that only one line of Abraham's seed are anointed, and, and the others are excluded. They're still excluded. The Edomites are still excluded. The the, um, Ishmaelites are still excluded. They can't be Christians. Well, Paul made that clear. Absolutely clear. And and he excludes Ishmael again in Galatians chapter 4. And and it's explicit. It's absolutely explicit. There's no doubt. It's only the children of Israel. And and the um, British Israel insists that the children of Esau are are actually
1: Judah. and What they're going to do, they're going to give the uh, birthright and the uh, blessing to the Edomite, Esau.
2: And and exactly, that's what they're trying to
1: do. And so they're saying that Christ was an Edomite. That's what their inference is. Did you know that Christ was an Edomite? Well, British Israel is saying they are. And when you look at
2: this um, population of Northern Europe, according to this DNA researcher, the, the German people are the same exact composition with almost the same, um, that there's more J-types in France and Germany because they had larger Jewish populations than England did at the time. But when you recognize the J-types and can exclude them, the German people had the same breakdown of R-types and I-types that England has, and that Scotland has, and and almost the same as Ireland and Wales, and and France, and and um, the 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 portion of France which which abuts um, Spain, the the Basque regions.
1: I would and, say one of our biggest problems is. There's just a lot of people in Israel identity that haven't really uh, going, uh, gone to the books, you know. That you can get it in different encyclopedias, and you can you can look up and see what's involved in um, reproduction of of uh, people, you know, the birth and and all the conception and all that, and and it'll it'll tell about the chromosomes, and and a lot of people just don't know that or don't know the uh, chromosome story. And, and the and the woman contributes 23 chromosomes, and the man contributes 23 chromosomes, and they're matching pairs. They have to fit together exactly. Uh, uh, number one fits the number one, number two fits the number two, number three fits the number, and right on down, all the way down to 23 fits the number 23. And it's, uh, it's matching pairs. That's why uh, uh, this race mixing is so dangerous, because it's not exactly matching pairs
2: no you really don't know what you're going to end up with
1: right and and uh i i have one more thing i you know if one chromosome uh, hanging loose and isn't connected to something can cause down syndrome i say this further what would be the implication of a mutation if Mary, the mother of Christ, uh, contributed the normal 23 chromosomes and the Holy Spirit only one, as Ron Wyatt conjectures. Come on now, what, what would happen with uh, 22 of Mary's egg chromosomes that were unconnected, they, they don't have anything to connect to, to uh, the normal process of the males matching chromosomes,
2: right? There's no way that an embryo could survive. And and you might want to say, oh, that's a miracle that God did. Well, well, that's bull because God doesn't break his own. He he created all things and doesn't break his own law of creation.
1: Well, this is what I do say. Uh, that would be Down syndrome multiplied twenty two times.
2: Yes, it would. What be.
1: kind of a misfit would that make? Make our redeemer? Absolutely. I do. Uh, I didn't say uh I don't say this very often. I I, I don't call a f- person a fool very often, but but Ron uh, uh Ron Wyatt is a fool with with a capital F and a fraud with a capital F. Well, I, I would um I've upheld that
2: position. And and a lot of people like to um I mean they like the guy and he's a likable guy and they they um Want to believe the story? They want to believe that it's true, but it's it's. Um, I have to reject it.
1: Well, just because he's a likable guy, that doesn't make what he says
2: is true. People get caught up real easy with likable guys. It's dangerous. You have to okay. There's
1: another factor. All the priests that served in the in the in the temple for all those years that that we were in the wilderness and and after they had a temple built and, and all that period of time. Every priest had to be physically perfect. That means they didn't there have a mole. Uh, they didn't there have anything uh, that was abnormal. They had to be a perfect specimen of a man. This, uh, if you come along and you say that uh, uh, Christ has 22 missing chromosomes uh, because of the Holy Spirit, um, well, it's not only blasphemy, but... Uh, uh, we're calling Christ a misfit.
2: Well, that's basically what we'd be doing. The, 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 um, everything we know about DNA and God's creation refutes the Ron Wyatt story. That's that's what I believe. So, so if
1: if those were perfect perfect specimens of men, uh, Adamic men as priest, and they had to be perfect physically. Uh, Every one of them uh, had all their proper chromosomes, and they were identical uh, in DNA to Adam. And, and I'm convinced
2: that when you look at the, um, the health care expenses in this nation, for instance, you will find that where there are... Um, high degrees of non-whites, high amounts of non-whites, and high amounts of race mixing, that the medical expenses per capita are much, much higher in those states than they are in predominantly white
1: areas. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, because I got a book. uh, It was sent to me by a woman in California. I don't know why she didn't honor her identity books anymore, but she offered to me, and and I I said, you send them to me, I'll, I'll surely be grateful, and she did. And this book is entitled Pre-Adamites. It's written by uh, an Alexander um, Winchell, W-I-N-C-H-E-L-L. Uh, I have a,
2: um, a PDF of that on my website. Oh, do you? Yes, I do. It's Chris Tegenia.
1: Uh-huh. Well, then you, uh, you have that right on your website, the whole thing? Yeah,
2: yes, and I posted it for one reason, because I wanted people to see that even though Winchell is not exactly, he's not right about everything. Yeah, he,
1: he thinks that, uh, uh, for instance, uh, he <laughs> believes that uh, uh, Cain w- was a, a, a g- true genetic brother of Abel. Well, right. But well, I, I wanted wrong to on see that, that
2: in, in the 1800s, it was um, very acceptable for a, a professor or a mainstream academic to raise these issues about race. And the differences about race and, and that mainstream book publishers would publish these books, where today, under the Jewish tyranny that's imposed on us through the media and, and through the, the economic system that the Jews have, have taken over, well we don't have that in, in academia and, and in the mainstream world.
1: And, and he was a professor he was a professor at the University of Michigan and he wrote this book in 1880. It was it, it was first published in 1880, so that's only just a little while after the Civil War,
2: right? And, and it's only 33 years before the Federal Reserve.
1: And and uh, uh, he talks in there about the hot and tots, and and he cites one there uh, uh, about a, a hot and tot. Uh, uh, what's that one woman? Uh, uh, Venus um uh, and uh and he quotes a guy that said that the bone her bones was uh was ape in character Now he he pract- he, he, he he wrote uh evidence there that that she w- that uh this ape like bone structures yes yeah yeah, ape-like bone structure. That wasn't all that it was about, but that was that was part of it. Well, they they found this fragment
2: of skull that they called Lucy, and and that they tried to say it was our first ancestor. And and 20 years later, they found another fuller skeleton with with the same matching skull, and and they found out that it was a it was a form of monkey. It was in uh, they named it um. Australopithecus or something like it. it it was a monkey basically mm-hmm. or africanus um anthropithecus uh, i believe it's something like that but but basically lucy turned out to be a monkey and and lucy disappeared from mainstream discourse on the topic U- until they find their next lucy if they haven't already I, I don't pay much attention
1: well the people in this country didn't always uh, look upon these other races as equals as as uh, people do now. Well, right, and and that's Jewish propaganda
2: that has caused us to do that.
1: And, and now and we're supposed to, now we're supposed to, according to British Israel, we're supposed to look upon the Canaanite Jews uh, as uh, our equal brothers.
2: And and they've embraced evolution. In in the in they the... had
1: to embrace it because they're going right back to uh, that one site that's on television there, which. You'll you'll put a link on it so people can go there. The first thing that they they mention is is about uh, uh, these uh, mutations and and indicate that over a period of time there's been a gradual mutation for, uh, I I think it's more than 60,000. I think they're saying at that point they say it's uh, 200,000 years the
2: only thing that they have to, to show that there's a mutation which occurred is they have two kinds of DNA. And they assume, so they make the statement that one kind mutated from the other. But they have absolutely no proof, except that they have two kinds of DNA. They've reached a false conclusion based on an inference and an assumption. They have no proof that any of this DNA has mutated to turn one race of people into another, no proof whatsoever. The only way that a race of people changes is by sleeping with another.
1: Yeah, there's there's two there's two types. There's there's selective breeding and there's crossbreeding. And 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 we're supposed to be selective breeders. And and a farmer when it, when he uh, plants crops, he's supposed to take the best that he can take off that crop. And save it for seed for the next year. But what does he do? He lets the chemi- he lets these chemical companies collect the seed and and uh, crossbreed them, whatever they want to do with them.
2: Right, right. The farmers have, have for the most part, abdicated their um, their responsibility. And, and if they didn't abdicate their responsibility, that the Jews at the Mercantile Exchange wouldn't have a. Um, have a noose hanging around their necks to, to strangle them with every time they, they go against the Jews at the mercantile exchange. It's crazy. But they basically, they've, um in, a, in large part, they, they've they um allowed the Jew to get this stranglehold on them by giving in to these seed companies to
0: do their jobs for them.
1: Well, I think it was important that we address this uh, situation with British Israel. Well, I mean, British Israel's been off track on a lot of other things, but this is probably about as serious and it just follows the it uh it follows their m o because uh they've rejected the germans you know way back and calling them the you know that's uh and and as far as i i i've got heinz's book you know edward heinz's book and i've um uh i scanned that whole book i got an elect- electronic form now and I want to address some of the things that Edward Hine said. But Edward Hine tried to make out that the Germans were bad people, that they they were Assyrians and all that. Uh, uh, and I think I think too he embraces the uh, Canaanite Jews. Well,
2: well, right, he did. And Edward Hine's agenda was the agenda that the Rothschilds needed in the build-up to World War One. When Frederick the Great, you know, the Rothschilds used principality against principality in Germany for many years. And when Frederick the Great unified Germany, then the Rothschilds became afraid of Germany and had to destroy it. They didn't need any competition to their world economic conquest, and, and they had to destroy Germany. So World War I was the result of that.
1: Well World War One and world two World War II just about wiped uh, Germany off the map and and people like Edward Hine and British Israel were tools for the
2: Rothschilds to affect that to to allow the general sentiment in England to be against the germans and and there was a great portion of of the English nobility that understood the identity message that they had at that time and embraced it. Well, Tipling embraced it. There's a great number of them that embraced it. What
1: was the famous historian? Sharon Turner, he understood that the Germans were good people.
2: Yes, he did, and John Wilson. and the beginnings of British Israel identity, they understood that the Germans were their kindred. John Wilson definitely understood it, and Sharon Turner definitely understood it, even though he himself well, was a great friend of the Disraeli family. But he understood that the Germans were their kindred. No that, that
1: Disraeli, he did a lot of damage. Yes, he did. Uh, just, as, just as soon as Prince Albert died, he started uh, writing letters to Victoria right away. And, and pretty soon he, he had her eaten right out of his hand. And I got a book on her, and, and I, it's one of those books I decided to look at the end of the book uh, first. I haven't read it yet, but uh, and in the end of the book, it mentions how... Uh, Victoria's daughter burned up all of her diaries now why would why would uh, uh, Victoria's daughter burn all of her mother's diaries probably it,
2: to conceal the relationship she had with Disraeli
1: yeah she was she was probably sleeping with Disraeli because different places he would uh, when she would be uh, at uh, some resort you know they the, the, the royalty—they had resorts here and there, and where she'd be one of those places, and Disraeli was right there at the doorstep soon she got there.
2: Well, well, there's been a lot of conjecture about Disraeli and and Victoria and their relationships. There's been a lot of things that were suspect for a long time, and and there's no doubt that he had a um, unseemly influence over her, to say the least.
1: Well, you know that recalls uh, I. Uh, Years and years ago, maybe, you know, 25, uh, maybe a little bit than 25 years ago, I was getting uh, papers from the CDL, the Christian Defense League, and the Christian, uh, Christian Crusade Church, and they had an article in there, and they said, in, in that paper, that they said that uh, Disraeli got to Victoria and told uh, her that now you people and our people are the same. And, you know, I, I, uh, a few years back, you know, I, I thought I could find that paper. I've looked every place in my house that I can find, and, and I don't know how that paper ever got away from me. Uh, uh If I have it, you know, it's sure hidden. But well, I, it I, happens
2: sometimes. I've lost things I thought were important to me, and I can't find them either.
1: But that's what that paper that, – uh, uh, I don't know whether it's CDL or Christian Defense. It was one of those two papers – I was getting quite a few, uh, um, back then I was getting quite a few publications from different places and, and that, and I remember real well that that's what they said there that, uh, that Disraeli, uh, got to her and, 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 tried to explain to her that they were the, and, and this, now maybe that's where the lie started with, with Disraeli and it's come on up to British Israel today. And I think maybe, uh, a British Israel should check out and see where the story started at.
2: Well, British Israel—they're sitting on their reputation, and and they haven't changed their mind about anything in a hundred years, or better. That they haven't—I uh, mean, these people are um, incorrigible. I—I've had um, with a couple of them. Uh, I've either partaken in or I've witnessed email exchanges with a couple of them. And and there's no talking to these people. I don't see any talking to these people. I'd be shocked. What? They're right, and, and they they have that arrogance about them that comes with the, um, the name they perceive that they have for themselves. And, and they need to be spanked. That's the way I look at it. I'm going to spank them every chance I get.
1: Well, maybe, Bill, you ought to open it up to the phones and see if somebody has some... Uh... Opinions on this thing.
2: Well, if anybody wants to call in, they're, they're welcome to we'll fill out this last um, half hour, but it, it's um, that this needs to be addressed because we have to take the offensive. We cannot continually be on a defensive with the evolutionists and with the Jews. We have to assert an offensive position and, and show people the folly of these dna studies not not the folly of the dna studies themselves because the dna under a microscope it is what it is but the folly of the conjecture that they create in in trying to um uh, uphold this this um this idea about evolution it's incredible it, it's there's there's no science behind that at all it it's a bunch of guesses it's total guesswork it, it's um that they make up a story to fit their worldview is what they do and, and we have to be on the offensive with that. We can't be on a defensive.
1: I'll say one bill when I, when I got into this message, it took me about ten years to get kind of get my ducks in a row you know to 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 understand generally the the overall story you know but but really it it took longer than that to really. Really dig into it and and uh, study it and really know what it's all about. And and what I've tried to do in my my writings is to bring people so that they don't have to spend ten years of of button their head against the wall. And I I try to help them through that period from the time they learn it till they till they get their ducks in a row and can sort of take off on their own. Now there's a lot of people get into this thing and they think that they can just jump in and and start uh giving opinions here and there and they're not ready. Uh i wasn't ready back then and I and uh I'm not so sure that I'm all that ready now. But uh uh you know, I I try to be awful careful about
2: these things. Well right, well, you have to be. I mean there's an incredible amount of studying that goes into into a um a sound identity knowledge, I, I believe. It, it's not only the Bible. You have to study all the history books and all, all the language and and all the science that, that you can that, that that's associated with it and, and come to an understanding of it. There, there's no doubt in my mind. It, it's um, multidisciplinary. There's no single discipline, archaeology and anthropology, and, and there's a lot to it. And, and most people, right? They learn a couple of things, and they they pick up the ball and they run with it, and, and usually it's off the field and and down a flight of stairs somewhere.
1: Yeah, they really they they you know there's a lot of people that are talking and that should be listening, and and I think there's other people listening that should be talking a little bit. So,
2: right, and a lot of that zeal and 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 they mean well, but um. Nah, nah, there's a lot of studying that needs to be done. We all need to study more. Texas, how you doing? I guess he just called to listen. Hello? No, we had a call on the line. There's, there's one more. But this one's got a strange name, but Serpent Son of Hell Slayer. Sounds like Dungeons and Dragons meets Christian Identity. How you doing? Oh, no, he's just listening to, Clifton.
1: There's a David on there that uh looks like Yeah, of...
2: David I had spoke to before the um mm-hmm. be- before the recording started. I'll ask him. If it's
0: David, you have an opinion here? Or... Hey there. Uh how about covering that Israeli thing a little bit more, Clifton? Bill
1: well, I think I've covered uh that in my huh? writings. So, uh, why don't you Okay. Why don't you go to the my web uh, website and just put Disraeli in there. Disraeli. Just, All right. See All what right. you come up with there. It'll probably take you to several of my writings.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I sure agree with you. I feel like I'm going backwards <laughs> the more I learn. Um, but I, I was wondering about the um what What was his tack with her? Do you have any? Is there any? Well, he
2: was a flatterer. He consistently flattered her. He, he. I mean, that's even in mainstream writings that he continually flattered her to get in good with her, so that he could um, steer her in the direction that he wanted.
1: I think it was the same uh, situation as between Satan and Eve.
2: Well, I'm sure it Uh, was. It it was a a definite microcosm of, of that sin, for sure.
1: They don't change.
0: She,
2: she went along with everything he wanted. He he was a, a saint in, in her eyes. He
1: flattered her to death. You see, the Israeli family was kicked out of uh, England when they kicked all the Jews out, you know. And then mm-hmm. I think they went over to France and uh, someplace else and down to Vienna and then to Spain and up to Holland. And then he came back in with uh, Cromwell, I believe.
0: Ah. Uh. I've been reading some of my family history. Uh, uh, actually, it stems back to a, to an Alger A L L G E R about 1725. Married uh, a Du Bois out of France in in, uh, in New York. A lot of them settled there. But I've been reading some books on that history. Apparently, they were uh, a very old family, the Du Bois, and uh, out of their Christian uh, Protestantism. Uh, Bill, I had a question uh, too uh, that came to my mind about uh, <clears throat> the, 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 going back to the genetic discussion. Um, the sub, I think you said INR, and I and R, and I looked at those websites on that some months ago, and uh, I'm glad I did because when you were discussing it, It brought back to mind what I'd read, although I haven't really thought of it that much, but uh, I understand a little bit about what you're talking. I and R are the two groups, you said, that the Israelites are belonging to? Yes.
2: Uh, Well, well, northern Europeans and, and western Europeans in general, R is more predominant than
0: I. Now, wh- why would um, what I, my what my thought is if they all came from one original? Where's the I and the R? Uh, why is there an I and an R then? Well, any... let
2: me say this: We don't, as, as people today, really understand why these genetic differences exist. It's clear that they do. One mm-hmm. might be um, Israelite or, or Shemite, and one might be a We don't know. We we don't. And in biblical terms, I cannot explain the difference between I and R. But I will say that in scientific terms, we do not know why there's a difference between I and R. And, and I, I would insist on that. We really don't know why. We can't extrapolate backwards mutations in DNA like scientists suppose that they can do. Mm-hmm. They do it with micro, mitochondrial DNA they they really obfuscate and destroy that also with, with their um, backwards extrapolations and their talk about mutations every so many generations when they even they haven't even observed more than a couple of generations of mitochondrial DNA and, and they make up entire tales about what's happened with it fifty thousand years ago and and it's all bunk it's all Hollywood bull it, it's um. <laughs> That it's Jew, It's Jewish myths and fables. The Sky 5 version. That's exactly what it is. All their talk about DNA mutations and, and everybody coming from the same person in Africa, in Cameroon, 60,000 years ago, and, and this mutated that way 35,000 years ago. Well, how the hell they know that? They don't know that. They don't know a damn thing. They're just right. making that up. It's just made up.
0: That's all it yeah. is. It's
2: made up. And they call it science. It's disgusting.
0: What do you uh, uh, What do you suppose? Uh, did, did they ever dis- discuss? Uh, I, this came to mind. You know, they, they experiment a lot on, on 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 lower forms of life, so-called. You know, flies, fruit flies, and that sort of thing, and watch because they generate uh, uh, so rapidly, and they can watch. They can develop different things, but they cause those things to
2: happen in them, don't they? Well, well, you know, every genet- first, every genetic species has, uh, I believe, a range of possibilities into its DNA, l- like birds, l- like dogs. Some of them are darker, some of them are lighter, some of them got a spot there. But if you take nothing but Dobermans and mate nothing but Dobermans 95,000 times, down at the bottom of the line, you're still going to have Dobermans. You're not going to have German Shepherds. It's not going to happen. It can't happen. Unless you slip a German Shepherd in there (laughs) into the line somewhere.
0: Well, you know, uh, the funny thing about guppies, you know, fancy guppies. I used to keep fish uh, some years ago. I had about seven tanks, and I watched them. I learned that, uh, you know, they have what they call fancy guppies. You may have seen some of those. They're... they're, they're, uh, they're bred to look this way, and they have great big tails, and, and they're gaudy-looking things. Right. But they're if, in a bred to look that way, though. Yeah, they're bred to look that way. Right. It, but if you let them go and put them in the wild, they become plain guppies again after a short time. They, they, You know, they lose that. They don't maintain that. Uh, okay. Teeth. Well, kind yeah. after
2: kind, I guess. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I had one thought, too, if you don't mind, on... Um, but when you're talking about this this blood on the mercy seat thing uh i'm i'm i won't say I'm skeptical i'm curious and i'm i'm in and certainly in the dark as to any knowledge about whether it's true or not, except from what I've heard you and uh and, and Clifton and Eli talk about but uh, i you know the thought occurred to me Dave when you're talking about it if you said well it have to be a miracle well <laughs> um If we're going to admit that Christ performed miracles in his life, you know, healing people and breaking bread and walking on water, would it not be possible? Just for consideration for discussion as to the, I don't know, uh, would it not be possible? Well, let me say this.
2: There are miracles in the Bible that don't necessarily break the laws of Yahweh's creation, even though their possibility is beyond our human perception, okay? But when, when we look at a 24-chromosome person, as Ron Wyatt asserts, does this violate Yahweh's laws of creation as we know them? And, and I believe that from what we know about genes and chromosomes and, and what we know about the malformities, and diseases that happen when there are mismatches of genes and chromosomes in the reproductive cycle, that, that a 24-chromosome child violates Yahweh's own law of kind after kind and, and violates everything we know about his physical creation. So can I accept that Yahweh would do that? Uh, I, I, I have a hard time with that, first. And second, can I accept the possibility that this can happen. And why would it happen if Yahshua Christ were to be a perfect Adamic man, then he would have to have 23 pairs of matching chromosomes like the
0: rest of us. Okay. Now, uh, Christ's mother, uh, Yahshua's mother, was uh, is said to be a virgin. And how did that happen then? I mean, if... Uh,
2: well, we know how we can do it, so why can't he do it? You mean an
0: artificial insemination or something? Well, we, can,
2: infer- we can artificially inseminate a woman and, and make a virgin yeah. have a child. Right. I-, I mean, today we can understand the possibility of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've thought of that before, and a I, I, uh, I, I occur, thought occurred to me. I, I don't know, uh, but uh, uh, anyway, I just have those thoughts and questions I wanted to
1: Think I'll tell it. you a thought on that think about it this way here was 23 chromes from Mary that was the man side of Christ there was 23 cramstones from the Holy Spirit and that was the God side of Jesus Christ right. so right. he was and, both and God sword and brethren, man
2: sword brethren saying that he's 100% God and, and I'm not sure about that because as Paul said he took upon himself the seed of Abraham if he was not half-marries, then he would not be able to say that. Right.
0: That sounds logical enough, yeah. I'll look up your uh, articles, Clifton.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that'd that be a good way to find out anything that I've I've written on Disraeli. I know I've written, um, you know, I, for, I forget how many times I think I've mentioned him several times uh, in my writings, and and that would be a good way to find everything that I said, you know. And and, and uh, I'll tell you, uh, like I try, I try to tell everybody else, don't take anything I say uh, just because I say it. I mean, I yeah. uh, you know, yes. take a look at what I say and and prove it one way or the other.
0: I do that. That's what you're class. supposed
1: to do, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, that's very good. the only way you can do it. Well, good discussion today. Thanks very much for for the opportunity to talk with you and uh, and uh, clear up some questions and thoughts in my mind for me. Thank you. Well,
2: what else are you working on, Clifton?
1: Well, I'm working on uh, uh identifying the beast of the field. Yes. And uh you
2: found it wherever the term beast of the field appears metaphorically in scripture of of the other races that it's not the word che, it's the word behemoth.
1: Yes, it um, uh, most I I haven't found any uh really other than behemoth yet. I'm going to check that to see if there's any place else uh, uh but uh, almost every place where it says uh uh, beast of the field, and it's a metaphor, and, and it's behemoth, but you've got to understand the metaphor to understand it's not speaking uh, uh, of a
2: particular creation.
1: Yeah, right. No, it's right. talking about animals, the way we call people animals. It's actually talking about bipods rather than, than quadrupods. Well, right, but but it's
2: basically the way we use the term animal of certain bipods today.
1: And yeah, I would, I would like to maybe announce the fact that, uh, with your help, Bill, uh, uh, helping me with some information today that I didn't have, that, uh, I've nailed down this thing on the beast of the field pretty, pretty good and, and, uh, I'm, I'm now working on my sixth one. I've got two out and, um uh, the next one, you know, I will tell uh, this much about it uh, in number three. Um, I found out that uh, Adam Clark um, uh, talked about this beast of field. In fact, he devoted four pages. Now, I've got the old Adam Clark original six volumes. Now, if you, if you get the abridged one by a guy by the name of Early, he doesn't have what I'm telling you here. But if you got the old one, you would have it and uh the old six volume set and and adam clark says the beast of the field he says it is an ape and he goes to the arabic to prove that now oh, that's, that'll
2: be interesting to read
1: Yeah, well that's going to put a whole different slant slant on what this beast of the field is and and uh So uh, I would say, you know, keep watching my uh, materials on this, and 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 uh, probably I'll make that clear in the next mailing. That would be uh, see March. That would be uh, May um, uh, June July. Wait, this last March April uh, May June. My next one is May June mailing. That'll be about uh, six weeks from now, and uh, I'll be making that clear. Probably with two brochures on the beast of the field, then. And and what I'll say is there'll be no nobody'll have to wonder who the beast of the field is. So or what the beast of the field is. Well, that's
2: um, today we give them driver's licenses and college degrees, don't we?
1: <laughs> well, we got a beast of the field as president. I'll, I'll say that much. much.
2: We have a beast of the field in the Oval Office. That's just incredible. Okay, the, the bottom line is that the British Israel World Federation position on um, the, the, the possibility that the Jews are Judah and related to the Anglo-Saxon people is impossible by the DNA evidence unless you want to accept inference and conjecture and the emotional appeal of Martin Lightfoot, which which is based on on, on false assumptions and, and lies about scripture. Because the Jews cannot be Judah. And and the DNA proves that they're they're related to the Arabs and the other peoples who descended from the Canaanites and Edomites of the Bible.
0: That's the bottom line here tonight.
1: Yeah, I would say that uh They shouldn't, if if they're going to accept this idea, they shouldn't ever mention anything in their magazine about evolution. Because when they're accepting this, they're accepting evolution.
2: But they have to accept evolution in order to believe that the Jewish genes could have evolved, or, or the way they describe it, actually lost information, which means that they devolved from the Israelite genes.
1: That's and I don't know whether this Martin Lightfoot is any relation to uh, John Lightfoot. That uh, well, well, John Lightfoot was a much better scholar. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to say that he should go back and read what he had to say, and then maybe he might know who the, uh, the people claiming to be Jews are today. Right, because John Lightfoot
2: knew that the Jews weren't Judah, that's for sure. And, and Martin Lightfoot is lost.
1: And if that's some of his relation, he should get get acquainted with his writings.
2: Yes, he should. And, and I'm sure that it's it's a possibility they're related. Unless Lightfoot's real name was um, something else in a couple of generations. And I hope this
1: message gets to the everyone that's in that uh, British Federation uh, thing, uh, and they get the, uh, the message of this uh, program tonight. Well, well I will post
2: this program with all of the notes and and the the dna maps and and the links to the british israel articles and and everything that I have here on um i'll post it on christa i'll also post it on your site and i'll post it on the new ensign site
1: and i said i, I sent those three links to you there in that uh, email you know that was uh, uh well you quoted the one there tonight so uh uh and and, and you and you and you can send them to that uh, Wikipedia article. You know, uh, Wikipedia isn't so good on some things. You know, uh, you know, I, I had a, uh, I was on Wikipedia for a while.
2: Yeah, you were. There was actually a, an
1: article on Wikipedia
2: that referenced one of your one of your essays. I, I think
1: some Jew got in there and didn't like it, and, uh, and they got it off got there right real out. quick.
2: You're right. I, I wonder. I, I'd like to know who did that. That was great.
1: Is that paper, Yahweh, Singular Elohim, that I wrote. Yes, it was. And uh, I went there one time, and I thought, well, that sure sounds like what I wrote. So I clicked on it, and my PDF came up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you were happy as hell when that happened. I remember that.
1: Yeah, I, I sent a, a thing around to people, you know, to tell them, hey, I made uh, Wikipedia. Well, it didn't last very long.
2: No, I'm sure it wouldn't once you caught wind of it.
1: But, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that Wikipedia kind of tells the truth on uh, on this. Um, uh... Yeah, because British
2: Israel needs a slap in the face over this.
1: Yeah. Because the
2: Jews are Edomites. They're not our Judahite brothers. The Judah is in Germany and Scotland, and the English, at the behest of the Jews, had persecuted Germans and Scots.
1: Well the, uh, many of the English themselves are German
2: well many of the English themselves might be Judah, too
1: the Saxons that came in there from uh, they came from Germany
0: yes they are
1: about 400 uh, uh AD it wasn't it that Horsa and what was the other guy's name uh uh forget there was two uh, two of them that came in there one was horse, then I forget the other one now.
2: I want to look something up. I have a question in the forum about the behemoth word, but I want to – somebody wants to know if it's really two words. I don't – I'm sure it's not. I've seen the word in the concordance, but my memory's not always what, what, um, what I would hope it to be. Hey, yeah, Bill? Yes, David.
0: I've got B, uh, BMS in uh, Oxford English. It says it's <clears throat> from uh, Egyptian. P E H E M A U. It means water ox, according to the Oxford. Well, well, that's um... creature, an enormous creature or thing, it says here. Uh, Hebrew, all right.
2: there's a lot of Hebrew words that have um cognates with Egyptian words. That's no and, and that yeah, you know, that helps um show that the Bible story is true. I mean why wouldn't yeah. the Israelites pick up a a, a good amount of Egyptian <coughs> vocabulary or vice versa? Yeah, they were why there were, long enough. Yeah. Yeah, they were there for six generations. A lot of people think they were there a lot longer, but it was only six generations if they read their Bible. Behemoth is Strong's number 929, and it's not a compound word. Or at least Strong is no in, no indication that it is. They call it a beast, that behemoth. Beast. The and and says, that's definitely the English word, Yeah, you know, the word that we get the English behemoth from, which is why I just say behemoth. Yeah. But it's a, a cattle or an animal. But what, where beast of the field is often used of um, a metaphor for people, Clifton has found that the word is not che, but behemoth. This word, behemoth.
0: But they're talking about people, do you mean? Yes.
2: Yeah. And, and that's true at Jonah three 7. The And I'm looking at that. That's the passage I went through to check the word because I knew what was there.
1: And, and that and became, that passage says a, a woman shall not approach unto a beast, you know, that's uh, nine twenty nine. Yeah, nine.
2: Right, Behemoth. and it surely is apparent in that passage that it's talking metaphorically of beasts that lie down, and, and um, four legged beasts don't lie down to have sex. That that is true. <laughs> Okay, that's that's um, this segment of Yahweh's Covenant, people. And and Eli will be out next week, and on, on next week's program will be um, to be announced for now, and, and I'll be filling in for him. Eli will be here tomorrow at noon on The Voice of Christian Israel with Greg Howard. Thank you, and good night. God bless you. Bye. God bless you.